Hello you little bastards. You've made it just in time for the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. A la Brewski. If it's your first time tuning into the podcast, welcome to the show. You'll soon realize that Nick is very decent and just about as sweet as cherry pie. He's one of few that has never done anything wrong. There's a big part of me that likes to help elderly people across the street. Only I take them about halfway. <laughs> okay, and then I just leave them there. I find I'm still doing more than the average person, so it is what it is. Steve is a guy that's exceptional. Exceptionally horny. You definitely wouldn't want to have him around your mom if she's hot, but you will want him at every party. Who brings their mom to a party anyway? He's about as loyal as one person can be, and he loves his female fans. Oh, I do. I got a fan under the desk. I got a big one over here off to the side blowing me off the camera. Steve Harness! <laughs> How do I even begin to tell you about Brewski? His mind is a vault of semi-useless information. Useless until you need it. It's at that very moment that his oddly overgrown brain will seduce you like Fabio in low-calorie butter. It's time for another Brewski. This one is a crazy Brewski. You're right, dude. We get it. Someone get me some Cheetos! Can we please move on, dude? You're right, okay? Let's get the podcast going, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Ola Bruski, you bastard. I'm like, don't forget Ola Bruski. <laughs> Every time we listen to the podcast, uh, the Rachel's listening, she's like, she always mouths Ola Bruski. She asked me the same <laughs> thing you did. Why do you say Ola Bruski? I was like, because it's like pie a la mode and she was like oh i get it that's brilliant steve did not say that but my wife did so yeah i, I questioned if it was a uh, proper french to be there using that <laughs> yes. so. yeah right uh welcome to the vocal minority with nick and steve a Bruski. find us online the vocal minority.net find our socials on all your favorite social media sites and speaking of a la Bruski, my uh my son Bruski, he feels that you are uh uh, the redheaded stepchild of the show. Like, poor Brewski. You and Nick, just, you know, you don't give Brewski his due. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. He feels that, uh, you know, like, why is it the Nick and Steve show? Why do, why do you guys talk so much? Huh? Where's the Brewski show? We want the Brewski. And more Brewski, everybody. So my son's looking out for you. Wow. How is he listening to the show, though? That's a very valid question. I mean, I, I play him some clips, you know, from the social media stuff. And, you know, maybe on the socials, you're not as, you know, some of them you're more centric in them and others not as much. But, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So he's got your back, just so you know. Well, thank you, Crosby Jay. We'll have to do some show testing and see. Do you want more Brewski? Testing? Yeah, obviously so. That's CJ right. got my back. That's yep. right. Yeah. And uh, speaking of my son and uh, what Nick just said, you little bastards, oh, um, which, boy. which is also in the setup to our show. Nick uses the word bastards all the time, including here on our local radio station. And my son is quite taken <laughs> aback by it. He's oh, like, like does, it's offensive, you mean? Well, he thinks you're swearing. Like, why does Nick swear on the radio? Why do you know? <laughs> you bastard! Like, yeah, I'm like, bastard, that's, it's debatable if that's really a swear <laughs> word or not. And, well, That's funny, dude. My mom reacts the same way, because I say that around my mother sometimes. I'll be like, this guy is such a bastard. And she it takes her a little second to be like, oh, you use that word in an odd way. And she's starting to get it. But yeah, man, I don't hear a lot of people saying bastard. Why? It's a great word. Crosby. It's old school, right? 
Uh, I mean, the true meaning, you know what a bastard is, obviously, but, uh, well, the yeah. funny thing is Crosby does know what a bastard is, you know, somebody with no father. <laughs> and the other day I was like, you little bastard. And he was like, you understand how weird that is to call me, you know, you're my dad. Like, oh, that's funny, man. Yeah. He told me last night, he said of all of my, you know, parental unit types, and he's referring to his mom and I, plus our boyfriend, girlfriends. And he right. was like. Everyone swears so much more than you. I don't ever hear you say the F word, but you do say bastard a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice medium to say in front of people when you don't. <laughs> F may not be appropriate, right? I've got a new one for you, Steve. Yeah. Remember on, on Seinfeld when George was hanging out when he was with the Yankees with those uh, front office guys from Texas? Yes, yes. He was some always- bitch. He yes. kept on him with a some bitch. Yep. Yeah. Some bitch. I love that one. Same Much type, dude. Costanza was trying to be relatable to those guys, so he started saying it. So I think I picked it up from Nick, <laughs> but I'm just trying to relate with Nick. Like, hey, yeah, you little bastards. You know? <laughs> Listen, it's you some bitch. Yep. Yeah, uh, bastard is a nice way to insult somebody without going too far. You know what I mean? Because mm. it can be taken as a friendly, like, you're such a bastard. Or you can be like, dude, you are a bastard. You know, it's all in the inflection. Yeah. I dropped a fun one the other day that I like using quite a bit that, that gets used in England a lot that yeah. women here just do not like at all. Oh, oh see, see you next, see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. 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 I, and I'm not shy about using it. I I drop it all the time especially the men oh my god they have no idea what to do when you call them that right (laughs) i saw an interview with ricky gervais where someone was giving him a hard time for saying the c-u-n-t word and he was like you got to understand in england we use that thing like please and thank you just it's common yeah whole different uh uh, meaning i suppose over there yep so yeah it was uh it was good male bonding for crosby and i to uh, be discussing (laughs) swearing and Nick's use of the, you know, I shouldn't take my cues from Nick in all honesty, because <laughs> there are certain words that Nick does not seem to really understand the definition behind them. Or do I? <laughs> well, yes. Well, trying to get me think, in trouble. Well, but this, this is also another example of Nick can do and say things that other people can't. Look, when right. Nick says it, it's it's not taken as bad. But when some of the rest of us say it, they're all insulted like, Wow, that was really aggressive. Why would you say that? <laughs> right. That's you have no idea, Bruski, that that is such a compliment to me because people used to say that about my father his whole life. That's what I heard about my dad. <laughs> like you can just say stuff that other people can't say and they take it differently. So, uh, I'll take it. It's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, to some extent until it gets harnessed in legal troubles. <laughs> 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 I'll be there by your side if I get yeah. in trouble or if I don't. Listen, the funny thing is, a couple of weeks ago on the program, I was saying that Steve liked t- to rape somebody. <laughs> you know, yes, that, that's a I good remember. example. That's yeah. a good example, right? Brisky Dottie said, Dottie was not mad at me at all for saying that. She said something to the effect of, oh, that's just Nick being Nick. So she already knows that I, I I'm not saying anything bad. He just likes to rape somebody once in a while. <laughs> no. Yes, and I'm glad my girlfriend seems to get that. I'm not sure anyone else listening does. But then out of the blue this weekend, Dottie was like, 
So why did Nick say that you abused your ex-girlfriend? <laughs> I said that was another she fun likes one. to be well, abused. Well, no, you said you abused her. And Bruce and I were like, no, 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 don't say that. And you're like, no, you abused her. You're like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, I, I, I'm here to defend Steve because yeah. when you're when you're doing something and someone waves you on because they want more, that's yeah. not abuse. That, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's consent. I yes. have never abused a woman. I've never raped a woman. And even Nick's like, I should ask my lawyer wife, like, what's the definition of rape? Maybe I'm using that word wrong. Like, I'm pretty uh, sure you're using it wrong. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know why that's so funny to me, dude. It's real yeah, funny. It is funny. But uh, speaking okay. of odd things that men say, Steve, tell us all about men and boys to men. Boys to Men, ABC, the BBC, right? BBD. BBD, Belba DeVoe. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's right. These are 90s musical references. Look them up, everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. So we got a couple of uh, articles that came to our attention this week. And these are one of these things where I wonder, is it true? Do we agree with these things or these generalities or not? Uh, this first article is uh, Male Privilege is Real. Things that men get to do that women almost never experience. Okay. I always wonder if these things are uh, apropos to us, you know. Uh, should we just start this whole article off with a quick survey of the three of us? Like, uh, do we believe in male privilege? Sure. Of course, yeah. All right. All of us agree. I was explaining this recently to somebody about white privilege, that it doesn't mean that we necessarily get a leg up on you because we're white. It's that we don't have something holding us back because of our skin color. That's right. We're swimming without an anchor on our leg, and other people have to have that anchor on their leg while they're swimming. Exactly. And the same thing for male privilege. It's not that just being a guy gets you ahead, per se. It's that it doesn't hold you back. So, and sometimes gets you ahead. It gets you some head, but it may not, uh, get, you a, <laughs> may not get you a head. <laughs> so. All right. Again, these are uh, things that men get to do and that women never experience. Feeling safe alone. Women never get to feel safe alone. Uh, gosh, this is tough to speak on, right? Because I'm not a woman. Uh, I, I, all I can do is say that my wife gets to feel safe alone at home. Like when I'm gone, like I know she feels safe at home. There's definitely times out and about where I don't think she gets to feel safe. Yeah. Uh, there's a quote in here from a woman. She says, I would like to feel safer walking alone at night. Mm -hmm. uh, well, some could argue that it is uh, only a perceived reality that they don't feel safe. That, in fact, even men don't like walking alone at night as they could easily be taken uh, advantage of as well. But, I mean, I guess I'm conscious when I'm walking around alone in some city environment or something. But women have a way more reality of that. And I wouldn't feel safe. You know, having Dottie out walking around alone at night in the, the big city or whatever. And there was that one should night speak she, volumes, right? I yeah, mean, the fact that that would worry you, right? Th there was a night she was doing a shift to the hospital that got out, like, late at night. And I told her, like, you know, check in with me when you're leaving, when you get to your car. <laughs> like, because yeah. I didn't feel safe for her. But she would never do the same to me if I was coming home late at night that it, she thought I might get, you know, molested or something. Yeah. Sure. When Rachel goes out of town... Uh, you know, she's always by herself and they go out late at night. She walks back to that hotel. I always tell her the same thing. You know, text me when you leave. Text me when you get there. I always tell her to make sure she's locked up in the hotel. Like, it, yeah, it is a little freaky to be a woman and alone and vulnerable. Yeah. 
There was a time I was out jogging uh, a few years ago when I was jogging. I gave it up and I'm spin biking now. But um, I was out jogging early in the morning and I came, I was in a residential area and there was a woman, like I came around the corner and there was a woman on the road ahead of me that was out jogging as well. But she was jogging in the same direction, so she couldn't see me behind her. Okay. And uh, I'm, of course, faster because I'm a man. So I, <laughs> so I caught up to her. Science. Um, <laughs> right. It's science, people. I got muscles. Yeah. When I caught up to the woman and passed her, she freaked out because sure. she caught a glimpse of a man running up behind her. And my initial reaction was like, how dare you assume I'm out here to rape you? Like, yeah. you know, I took some offense to it. But then I quickly realized, like, that is the reality for women. Yeah. That if a man comes running up behind you and you're out jogging, he's probably going to try to mug you, rape you, or whatever else. So yeah. I, I checked no. myself quickly. But Glad you did it. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's pretty common that women, when they're out and about, especially at night, uh, yeah, it's a... Hey, there are guys out there that are bastards that do actually rape people and mug them and want to hurt people. So, yeah. Yeah. And Brewski, you drive Uber uh, part-time or whatever. And uh, do they give you guys any training or anything? Do they address, like, if there's a woman alone in the car? Because we've heard stories of, of women in cabs or Ubers that do get raped by the driver. They They don't give you any training or anything like that. I will tell you that generally I'm very businesslike with, with all my passengers yeah, they'll, they'll get in the car. I'll confirm that this is who you are. Then I'll confirm this is where we're going. And they say yes. And then we'll start driving. And then I don't really talk to them unless they start to kind of talk to me first. Right. Brewski picked me up at the airport and it picked me up in the car that he uses for Uber. I could see you're all business, dude. And, and you know what? You're the kind of person I would want to send my wife off in an Uber late at night and not worry because that's exactly it. You don't talk to them unless they start the conversation. There's a lot of women that just want to get going and go. And it's creepy if you talk to them. You don't know, you know, what's going on in their day or whatever. Like, you got to be careful. It sounds like you're great at Uber. Well, it's a fine line. You really have to, to walk, really, because I don't want to be too social. I don't want to be too familiar. But at yeah. the same time, like, if they get in the car and they're like, oh, God. What an awful night. That opens it up where I can say, sure. did you have a bad flight? And now I'm just, I throw that out there and then I just let them go. Yeah. And, uh, you know what I mean? And, and then if they, they seem like they want to have the conversation, they'll have the conversation. If not to be like, oh, it's just an awful flight. I don't want to talk about it. And then I leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. tricky. You know, the bad guys make it hard for us good guys because I assume anytime I say anything to a woman in public, she thinks I'm putting off rapey vibes or trying to hit on her or whatever. I'm just trying to be a nice human and, you know, have, you know, have casual conversation because we're on the chairlift together, or waiting in line together. But You got to be careful. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the next one on this list is uh, much less serious, and I'm wondering if you guys even know this is a thing. Again, this is uh, things that men get to do that women don't get to experience. The thing is pockets. Pockets no. on pants. One woman states that I want pockets in all pants. It's an yeah, old I, joke amongst women, but uh, uh, apparently most women's clothing doesn't have pockets. I know that to be a hard and true fact because <laughs> I, anytime Rachel puts something on and it has pockets, she'll brag to me like, this has pockets. It's awesome. Like, uh, yeah, she doesn't. Women don't get pockets. There's an episode of The Office where Daryl was going to meet with Michael to talk about a raise. And yeah. at one point, Daryl says, 
are you wearing lady clothes? Yes, because <laughs> it, yeah, it doesn't have pockets. He's like, yeah, the, these pants don't have any pockets. He's, well, what's to say inside the, the, the liner? And he opens up, it's all pink, and it says, mysterious. Yeah, you mysterious. Like, yeah, yes. the Jen used to get excited because Old Navy had these dresses for a time that had pockets in it. And yeah. I'd say, you don't need pockets. You have a purse. And she's like, no, I just want to carry my smokes and my and my lighter with me. I don't want to carry anything else. Well, but yeah. do they have to have a purse because none of their clothing has pockets? It's one of the reasons, yeah. I would I mean, imagine it, so, Nothing yeah. has pockets. Well, you either need to... a purse or a boyfriend or a husband oh. yeah, or a girlfriend, you know. But, oh, but you, you know need a the... man, huh, Nick? Is that what your message is? I said girlfriend, <laughs> dude. You heard. Well, but like how stick... did this start? So many designers are women. Why aren't they designing stuff with pockets then? Oh, why well, you assume all designers are women, huh? Well, I said. That a lot of designers are women, so why aren't they? What percentage pockets? do you think, Stephen? Yeah, fifty-one percent. I don't know. Women don't have pockets. Yeah, I think it's uh, st- starting to become a phenomenon that it, they're actually getting pockets these days. It's a phenomenon. We're making progress. Well, well, so I found this article that says centuries ago, all clothing was created sans pockets. Men and women carried their belongings in small pouches tied around their waist. Then some 400 years ago, pockets were sewn into men's clothing, but this feature was omitted from female garments. In the early 1800s, slimmer silhouettes came into style so women could no longer wear pockets under their clothes, but had to wear them over their clothes. That's interesting. I remember asking uh, a girlfriend or two back, maybe my wife, I don't know. But I asked, like, why do women always have their cell phones in their butt pocket? Like, it's always they always have it in their back pocket. And and she was like, because we don't have front pockets. That's not a thing. And I, I was completely unaware. That's why a lot of women you'll see carrying their cell phone or even their money in their bra, in their boobs, well, they put yes. it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Here's another thing, though, too. So in the 20s, fashion designer Coco Chanel began sewing them Coco. into women's uh, Coco Chanel <laughs> into women's jackets. I love saying it that way. Coco Chanel. But it wasn't until the 1970s when women regularly wore pants and especially blue jeans that moved females closer to the pocket parody. So <laughs> it does. We gave women voting rights and then we gave them pockets. Right. The priority was mixed up. You know what I mean? We should have well, just given them pockets from the beginning. Right. Well, and not let them vote. Pockets would be enough, right? <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's also keep in mind that it wasn't until like 1971 that someone came up with the idea for wheels on a suitcase. Oh, so, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. people, people don't think of these things until <laughs> right. someone like, wait a minute, wouldn't this have made sense a long time ago? Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I'm willing to accept that this pocket thing is a real thing, but I can't accept men to be the blame for it because... no. There are plenty of women designers out there, so design some damn pockets already. Well, the yeah. fanny pack was so huge, dude. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, yeah, we're talking men's stuff, and we're trying to figure out what's real and what's not here. Uh, the, this is a list of things that men get to experience, but women never do. Being able to just hang out. After you have a great date, sometimes you uh, still want to talk and get to know a person. One woman explains why this is hard. She says, I like to invite dates to come chill at my place. Uh, to sit and chat without a strong fear of being taken advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose yeah. it's a similar thing. I mean, if a woman invites you back to her house, is there an inference that that's what it's uh, for? I mean, isn't that the classic? Do you want to come up for a drink? Isn't that kind of what that means? 
Well, yeah, it's like when, when George said that that woman invited him up for coffee at midnight, and he said, no, I don't drink coffee uh, after nine. It keeps me up all night. And then there was a whole discussion of, was she inviting you up for coffee, or was coffee not coffee, but something else, you know? Yeah, I think that's a dangerous one right there, because I think women should want that one. So that if I say, do you want to come up for a drink, I'm giving you carte blanche, like, yeah, I'm into you, let's go fool around, versus not being able to communicate that in some way why wouldn't you just say you want to come up and fool around well because then they're going to get slut shamed and all that kind of stuff by who by society i suppose i don't know who knows that they came up i mean they're coming if they're coming up you can't automatically think oh she wants to lay there's let's just be straightforward about it like do you want to come up and fool around hang out we'll fool around a bit Listen, I think that would be nice if we were that progressive. But yeah. to me, the uh, the chit-chat should stay at the restaurant, the bar, the bowling, wherever you're having your date at. We need some sort of non-skanky way to be inviting people up with the wink and nod that, yeah, I think I want to go fool around with you. But I think this is the hard part for women is that, you know what, maybe she does want to come up and fool around a little bit. And I can't, like I said, I can't speak for all women, but maybe even the majority feels that oh, I'll come up and let's hang around, talk a little bit or hang out. If things are going well, I may get there. But if there, if I don't want to do it, you can't have the assumption that, well, she came up and she's into it. You can't just infer that that's it, you know, that we're going to have sex if you come up here. You know that. It's complicated. I think once you invite someone in your home, I see what you're saying. You want to leave that small loophole that maybe I'm not going to be interested, but... I don't know, women. I think you got to vet the guys at the bar, the club, the coffee day, whatever it is. If you start inviting people back to your house, that doesn't have to be. You know, Dottie and I, our second date, she invited me back to her house, and we did not have sex. But, you know, we did fool around, and I felt like I'm getting somewhat of a green light here if you're inviting me back to your house. But you made a conscious effort before you went into that house that you weren't going to have sex with her. Yeah, but, you know, she was green lighting it, per se. It doesn't mean I can't back out, too. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. We need a way to communicate this stuff. And I feel like that's what society gave women. If you say you want to come up for a drink, that's you in a non-slutty way telling people like, yeah, I think I'm interested. Let's go upstairs. But, Nightcap? Yeah, exactly. Brewski, you got my back? Appreciate it. Absolutely. He, he has no idea what we're even talking about right now, dude. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, Dick? How yeah. dare you? Listen, this is I'll what Crosby's you. talking about. Don't talk I'll down to Brewski. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I've had a number of women invite me up into their house. I knew exactly what it meant. Yes. You knew. So you thought every time it was to lay. And that's exactly what happened. Every single time I was invited up like that. Hey, right. you want to come inside? Yes, absolutely. Right. I would. I would. You know, if they don't want to do something like that, then they're not going to invite you up late at night. Like right. if they say if it's six o'clock in the afternoon and they're like, hey, you want to come over and hang out and watch a movie? Okay, I'm not going to assume that there is for us to hook up. Now, if it's eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, midnight, one in the morning, and 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 I'm dropping you off and you invite me upstairs, that's not to sit up and watch TV and and play Nintendo or anything like that. It's just yes. not. Yeah, that's what you think. But the list is saying we can't just hang out. 
Okay, there's not there's no no reasonable woman. No, now women are unreasonable. I see. Including the time. The you hanging be, out. You can be with Brewski all you want. I'm trying to say <laughs> this is what women are saying. You guys I are know. ignoring that fact. But I'm what, trying to talk them about... out of it though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, asking them, we're asking them to be reasonable. Right. This is our not you know, this is the system we have set up in our society. Yeah, Do you want to hang out? <laughs> yeah, no. in the, yeah. Come on. This otherwise you've set up. Well, there's no clear communication. This is the way to communicate in a direct way. And I think mm-hmm. women women don't want to get rid of the ambiguity of whether or not they're interested in you. This is a very clear way to communicate that. Sure. Yeah. So I'm just for, saying, ladies, for men. <laughs> I want to double, I want to triple think this one. That's all. Exactly. Steve, you're offering a public service right here. Exactly. PSA right there from your uncle Steve Arnis. I appreciate that, Brewski. You're a wise individual, Brewski. <laughs> Listen to the men and not the women, Brewski. Right. Brewski and I are mansplaining to each other, so it's good. <laughs> this is the way you should be able to say it for the loophole. Are you ready? Yeah, what? How about a clean bed for this champion? <laughs> right? I mean, if you just say that, and she could say yes or no. Now we know. Seems oh, clear no. to me. You know Sounds what, dignified when he says it. How about a clean bed for this champion? <laughs> right? I mean, it's not rude. It's not sexy. It's not gross. It's- but you know what, though? The bed doesn't have to be clean if she's really hot. <laughs> if she's really hot, I don't care. Yeah, you told us that before. Didn't you sleep in a dirty bed at somebody's house? Uh, yes. You mentioned something with bugs or something. Yeah, no, just nasty sheets, and if she wasn't so hot, and uh. well, here, here's the irony I always deal with. You know, anytime Dottie comes over, I wash my sheets ahead of time, but then, you know, they're immediately dirty <laughs> as soon as we get in there. So would you notice if they didn't start off clean because we immediately get them dirty? So she may notice the smell. That's all. Hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. Like there, there was a, these sheets at one point were once white. Now they look just kind of like dingy, and it just and they had like like little fabric pills on them. And yeah, yeah. it's yeah. always like clean them for you, but don't put a black light on them. It'll look like a Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing on the list. Apparently, men get to experience this, and women don't. Uh, having doctors listen to them. Being listened to by my doctor would be nice, says one woman. Overall, the female health care sets uh, so far back. The position we give birth in is insanely inconvenient for everyone except the doctors, and we are less likely to get painkillers or anesthesia when requested. Uh, I was not aware of this. Yeah, I, I know that that's true for women of color. Uh, they the health care that they receive from doctors is uh, especially during childbirth is nil. The infant mortality rate is so much higher in, from black women than it is for white women. So, oh, yes, uh, I didn't know that all women have troubles with doctors, though. I've only heard it about especially the black community. I, I feel like that's sort of a universal thing because I've had doctors when I got my colonoscopy, the doctor, you know, described the procedure. Then he's like, do you have any questions? And I'm like, this is your thing, man. Like, I, what do you want from me? Like, I, I'm here doing what you are telling me needs to be done. I've never yeah. told a doctor, like, well, I think we should try the colonoscopy this way, or perhaps we should do this procedure. Like, no, I'm not the doctor. You tell me what's going on. Is that just universal? Do women not realize the men don't get listened to either? Uh, that's interesting, dude, because from a different perspective, I used to go to the doctor like you, and uh, when I got diagnosed with MS, I soon realized 
that if I was not going to advocate for myself from my doctors that I was meeting, that I wasn't going to get anything that I actually needed. So I did have to start speaking up. And I feel like most of the time I'm listened to when I say something, I mean, you can't yell and order something at a doctor. But just what? even asking your doctor for doing things a specific way, hey, I'd like to do this test before we went here and kind of steering that car. But how would you know what test to order? And well, that, that's that's the thing is, is that I, I usually kind of follow them, my doctor's lead on these things. Because um, he's the doctor. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. I guess I've researched it a lot before, and I've been dealing with the same medical problem for so long that I know yeah, what you become an expert it on could the topic, be this or it could be well, that. Like, let's check this again. I'm feeling this way. I wonder if women spoke up more, if they would be listened to more. Just like for me, like if I knew something to say, I bet the doctor would listen to me, but I don't know. I mean, it can't be coming out of a uh, black hole. Uh, this has to be coming no. from somewhere. They took the survey and well, talked to and, a lot of women. So. Well, but but I, we're I, three guys. Do we feel like doctors listen to us? I don't, because why would they? I'm not a doctor. But you've never tried, right? Well, well, that's a good question. You know, I was in the emergency room a few years ago here in my town, and uh, they almost killed me. I went in with uh, abdominal pain, and the doctor told me, like, hey, listen, for a kid in your age or man in your age, like, it has to be a kidney stone. Because the other alternative would be a, a thing called diverticulitis. It's an infection yeah. in your colon. He's like, you only get that when you're older. So take it from me. You don't need the other tests. It has to be a kidney stone. So he prescribed me painkillers. He said, go home, wait a week. It's going to suck. And I was sitting there going like, well, I can't push back on this. What do I know? And if you're telling me that it has to be this, then so I went along with it. But then my dad, who was a doctor, and this is what I'm saying, like they're going to listen to people with informed opinions, be the male or female. My dad called the doctor and he was like, no, no, no. I want a CAT scan or an MRI done or whatever. You show me that kidney stone or I don't accept your diagnosis. And the doctor all begrudgingly then ordered the CAT scan, and it turned out I did have diverticulitis. And if I had gone home and grinned and bared it, my colon would have ruptured. I would have had sepsis. I would have died. Yeah. So I wouldn't know what to push back on. I wouldn't be arrogant enough to say, well, gee, doctor, maybe it's this, that, or the other thing. But even in that situation, Steve, you could have said... I I appreciate what you're saying, but I'm going to feel more comfortable if I have both tests done. Like, that's what I'm talking about when it comes to speaking up. Well, yeah, I yeah. just didn't feel I had that authority, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, they're not God, right? They're, I mean, they we are paying for a service, and it's a service we appreciate, obviously, because it's so specialized. But, like, you can have a relationship with your doctor if they're a good doctor. If you have a doctor that's just like, this is what I'll do and this is what I won't, screw that. Right. Well, it's kind of like going to the mechanic. If you tell me the carburetor's broken, then I'll, okay, I'm going to take your word for it. Like, I don't know. That's why I'm here. I think what a lot of women are talking about primarily is reproductive care. You know, not, not, Possibly not the, true. You, you know what I mean? Because mm. at that point, it could be like a female doctor would say, I'm a woman. I have the same genitals you do. I know what's what. Okay. Yeah. But then that woman can say, but you don't know what's going on with my body. And at the same yeah. time, when there's a man that's telling them, oh, it's this or that, they're like, well, I'm the one with, with the uterus in, in, in the vagina. Feeling I know. this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's more in that particular that specialized area. I've always wondered what kind of guy becomes a gynecologist and why a woman would go to a male gynecologist. That's creepy. It's a pervert. Well, it's a, you got to be a pervert to want that job. Well, no, no, no. Because a gynecologist is also an obstetrician. 
A True. gynecologist is a perverted obstetrician. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's yes. not. I don't know. you got to have some desire okay. to work with vag if that's okay. But, but, th- but think about this. Not everyone is going to be hot, skinny, sure. you know, Yeah, you just shaven. have to love all the I mean, areas there's, of there's, women. There's probably some things that even I would say no to. Oh, right. you shut your mouth. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's funny. Well, yeah. listen, I, I'm still going to put this one back on women. If you don't think your doctor's listening, you know, stand up for yourself. If he truly shuts you down after you speak your mind, find a better doctor. This is another tough situation, though, because you look at some of these uh, communities that are so small and you're like, go get a different doctor. Uh, I have a choice yeah. of four mm-hmm. of them. You know what I mean? Like, uh, th- it's a serious topic for medical professionals to be able to really work with their patients and remember the oath that they took. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. Uh, next one on the list here are things that men get to experience that women don't. You two may have an opinion on this one. Being able to gain weight without any shame. Women are oh. shamed when they gain weight and men are not. You think I think that's it's true? true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's true that men aren't shamed at all, but there is a population of women who are outspoken about liking a guy with extra meat on him. You know what I mean? And you don't often hear the same for women. Although uh, this is a phenomenon, and being in a college town, I saw it this weekend because it was move-in weekend. It's a phenomenon. Uh, exactly. Uh, there are a lot of young college girls now who yeah. are bigger girls. They wear their pants, but then they're wearing half shirts with their stomachs hanging out. And yeah. women never used to do that kind of thing. Never, yeah, never, no, never. they should feel empowered to be able to do it. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah but I do think it's 100% true that, you know, society as a whole is oh. more uh apt to make a comment on oh so and so has gained so much weight and they don't really say it about guys in the same way that's true to some extent but i've seen some posts recently Uh, i just saw one about keanu reeves where he was pictured on some boat with a shirt off and you know he's not in movie shape he was a little flabby and the internet was going off on him whoa you got the dad bod oh look at keanu he's out of shape he's gaining some weight vin diesel had the same thing like that where he wasn't in movie shape and everyone was shaming him for it but even then is the dad bod and it's not like uh oh he's not a fat nasty bastard you know what i mean it's the dad bod do we call women fat nasty bastards when they gain weight? Oh, mm-hmm. Wow, well, I don't know. <laughs> yep. I will tell you, I was just in Target uh, doing back to school shopping with my kids. And around Target, they have these huge posters, you know, up on the walls all around the store with people modeling the clothes. Yeah. Every single woman, uh, 99% of the women in those posters were overweight. It's a thing nowadays. It's become way yeah. more acceptable to have plus size models. For yep. sure. Sure yeah. has. So I actually think this is shifting, maybe because it's been a long-standing thing. But I would say women now is the best time in the history of the planet to be overweight. So, <laughs> well, there you go. And if and if you want some some food tips, just reach out to me. I'll give them to you. Right. And is it actually bad to shame people for being overweight? Don't we want to be in shape and fit? No, it is bad. Well, you it bastard. It's a, no. It's a, it depends on how you do it. Yeah, and that's not shaming them. Like if you if you're speaking out of a place of love. Or concern, that's one thing. But if you're, if you're ridiculing them and calling them names, that's not cool. Yeah. I will tell you something I never even thought of. You know, uh, my girlfriend Dottie is, uh, she is thin. 
She, uh, you know, has very low body fat, and she looks phenomenal. But she was telling me recently that she gets skinny shamed from a lot of other women. That they look, oh, you, you don't have to worry about that. Oh, have all the food you want. You are yourself well, thin. Everything looks good on you. Like you have no ass. Women, right. are, women get real catty with each other I've, at times. Right. Listen, Overweight, I, underweight. Like yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And listen, I've, I've, I've told. A skinny chick I was I was pissed off at go buy yourself an ass you know right. go have I've an extra that. meal right oh don't yeah order the double cheeseburger I never thought that somebody would feel shamed for people commenting that they're thin listen this is why I don't think we should shame anybody dude is it because we may like different body types you and I and you could be what you want and you're beautiful to somebody you know what I mean yeah, no, that's very true. It's like the plus size model thing, and if, and if you look at the average porn site, there's every type of body size out there. So yeah, we should probably stop commenting on people's bodies in general, fat, thin, whatever. Like, let, let me tell be. you this: if somebody is overweight, they think about wanting to be healthy. They think about you know they think about wanting to be healthier and wishing that uh, they had something inside them to get them to a different point. You don't need to say anything to them. Right. I've been wondering of late if I'm developing body image issues. I was telling Nick the other day that uh, I'm having a weight problem. And oh. Nick was like, you're gaining weight? And I was like, yeah, I'm almost up to what I'm supposed to weigh. Like, yeah, my, that's not healthy. Dude. Right? The BMI says I should weigh 190 pounds and I weigh like 180. I'm underweight and I think I look better that way. And I got up to like 187 and I was like, I'm almost to what I'm supposed to weigh. This isn't good. I got to lose a few pounds. And You know why? This is my theory anyway, what? is because you did gain weight at one point in your life and thought to yourself like, ooh, I don't like the way I look. And you did something about it, and you don't want to go back there. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely paranoid about slingshotting too far the other way, but I've become paranoid about even weighing what I'm supposed to weigh, and yeah, that's probably that's not, not right. <laughs> no. That's just being healthy. I mean, and you got to be – here's my theory from a fat guy. You should enjoy life a little bit, dude. And you know what? I may overindulge in life and like it a little too much, but everyone should enjoy life a little bit. On your deathbed, I promise you won't be saying, like, going out with a fine-ass body. <laughs> like, you're not going to be thinking about it, dude. You're going to be like, oh, I travel the world, and I, I ate the cake every day. I, I want to leave a beautiful corpse behind, so. Oh, for <laughs> what, dude? This is only going to no last way. a day or two. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, all right. Uh, that is my list of things that men can get away with. We agreed with a lot of it, but we pushed back on a couple. So, uh, everyone should do some self-evaluation. We should always be doing self-evaluation. Um, all right, let's piggyback this article that I have and go through some of these quickly. Oh, first of all, it's by Max Money. All right, great name. Uh, boys are failing to become men, it says. Ten important things boomers failed to teach their sons. Okay. I'm technically not a boomer. We're, uh, we're all Gen X, right? I am, no. yes. So wait, wouldn't boomers have been our parents or are these yep. things our fathers failed to teach us? Exactly. Them? Yes. Exactly. Okay. Uh, well, then let's see if that's accurate. All right. Uh, and I'll let you know if I'm teaching my son these things or not. Yeah. 
Uh, number one on the list, substance-free socializing for guys. Did you know that guys can hang out, have a blast without relying on alcohol or drugs? It's a common misconception that socializing must involve substance, but sober activities can lead to even more meaningful connections and conversations. It's just not taught from our parents. Like when you get together, it's for let's go have a beer. Let's go hang that way. Well, we could hang out sober, but why would we want to? Yeah, I'm not going to be a teetotaler. <laughs> Screw that. Well, that's what this is saying. Like, are our yeah. relationships unmeaningful? Hmm. No. I will tell you, when I was like 18 or something, my dad asked me, like, have you, have, have you gotten drunk? And I was like, no, dad. Like, I've been good. I haven't gotten drunk. <laughs> I'm and a he was like, boy. Yeah, he was like, you maybe should, though, because you should learn what your limits are. You don't need to be at some party and get all wasted and wrap your car around a tree. And- yeah. That's true. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that advice, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, personally speaking, I never saw my parents drink much, uh, smoke pot ever, any of that kind of stuff. So I don't know that I got that message, but society has certainly taught us that, I would think. Well, I, and I also think it's just uh, out of, you know, we hang out during the day. Like, I think we, uh, the three of us, when we hang out, probably hang out more sober than we do uh, altered during the yeah. day by a substance, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I guess we're hanging out when we're not drunk, but I should, this is saying that, oh, it never taught us to call a buddy and be like, you want to go hang out, play some Frisbee golf or something without beer, without drugs. I don't uh, agree. Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting. I've been drinking more of late and my son thinks it's odd. And I've tried to tell him, like, I know I was, I didn't drink for like 10 years and that's what you think of me, but it's not bad that I want to have a cocktail with dinner. Like, I think I went too, I went too far the other way. Yeah, like I, I right. made him think that it's yeah. bad to want to have a beer with dinner or something. So I'm like, everything in moderation, kid. That's a good way to look at it. Uh, number two, joyful life as a single man. Here's the thought. Men can lead a joyful life without being in a romantic relationship. Being single doesn't mean missing out on contentment or fulfillment. Instead, focusing on personal growth, hobbies, and friendships can bring immense satisfaction and happiness to a man's life. Like me, for instance, I'm 52. Yep. Uh, I'm single. I've been single since 2013. And, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine being on being by myself. I Were don't you fine like- initially, or did it take time for you to become fine? So initially, I will tell you, I went a little crazy. I started going out and just trying to fill that void with just hooking up with all kinds of chicks. When I was living with Jimmy and Joey, I mean, I had a lot of ladies over the, the three months that I lived with those guys. And But I was kind of like, you know, trying to hide that Compensate pain. for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, then, but then once I got past all that and I was home, yep. I got it. Uh, this is a funny one because I think Steve is, feels the opposite way about this. Like if he has the choice, you'd rather have someone in your life. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's up to individual metrics. Like, yeah, I'd rather be in a relationship. Uh, you know, Brewski's in a place where he's happy being single. There's to me, no right or wrong there, but, uh, did my parents push that? I don't know, but society definitely did. Okay. I will, I will say that one thing that my mother did push on me though, was, your relationship is over. Why can't you get over it and just go out and start dating again? Because my mother would say, well, why aren't you going out and dating? How come you're not going out and doing things? This is when I've been back in Boston for about a year and I wasn't really dating. Yeah. You know? and, and she's like, you should be out there and, and being social and dating. And get I'm back like, in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and she never got that that it was that hard to quote unquote get over it and move yeah. on you know no, yeah. that's interesting. When my parents got divorced, my mom had one relationship the last couple of years, and then she has been single for 40 years now or whatever. And I've always felt like that's a little sad, but that's me. So certainly my mom's not pushing me to be in relationships. Sure. Yeah. And every, everybody's different. I think that that's what we all have to remember is, yeah. is everyone has different things, what feels right to them in their life. Yeah. Yeah. No, no for sure. All right. Next thing on our list, meaningful platonic friendships were not taught by our parents, the boomers. Let's debunk a myth. Men can have close friendships with women without romantic intentions. Having female friends is a fantastic experience that offers emotional openness and vulnerability without any pressure. Hmm. You can be friends with a woman and not be romantically involved. I had a lot of female friends growing up, especially in like middle school, elementary, and even high school. And one of my closest friends is still a woman, Emily. And uh, my parents never once said that that was weird or anything like that. Again, society has put that message out there that men and women can't be uh, friends. But yeah, I didn't get that from my parents. So. Well, uh, was your dad friends with women when uh, when he was married to your mother? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember those years. Mm, my brisky. dad, my dad, my dad had some female friends. Um, in a bowling league that he was in and then also yeah. female friends that a bowling in a bowling league that he and my mom were in together. So, and he has some that work too, but those are, those are work people sure. more than anything, you know, not, yeah. you know, my dad had all kinds of female friends when I was growing up and it never seemed weird to me. I mean, uh, it, most of them were people that he worked with and stuff like that, but he saw them socially every once in a while. And, uh, yeah, I don't think it's weird to have female but especially, friends, especially in the industry your dad was working in because yeah. it was selling beauty products and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So that just inherently leads to having a lot of women contacts. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It did. I'm wondering if our parents were the exceptions to these rules or if this article's well, just wrong, you know? No, but, but yeah. think about this, though. When my parents and your parents were in high school and that sort of thing, boys and girls didn't even have the same gym class together. Like my That's dad, true. My, yeah. So when, when, my, when my dad found out my junior year, my sister's sophomore year, that we were in the same gym class, my dad said, wait a minute, boys and girls are in the same gym class? It so was the, stood out to him. It was weird. Yeah, exactly. Now, this is 1987. Yeah. So boys and girls back then didn't um, socialize with each other unless there were groups of people and you were dating or something yeah, like that. You that know, makes you sense. You didn't have a, a female friend that you went fishing with or something like that. Yeah. Here's the uh, only honest question, though, for you. Any female friend you've had in your life, when you first met her, you thought about banging her, right? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. It's funny that uh, you say that because when I was reading over this article, I knew you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that question. And I, I, I will say that some of them, yes, for sure. But I think now as I'm married and any female friends I get now, like I don't think about, I don't think about it with them. For instance, we were camping this weekend. One of Rachel's friends who's become one of my good friends came along and I thought about this today that I've never thought about sleeping with her. Yeah, that's interesting. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you did. But my, the way I was meeting her was different. How Nick met her. Mm. Nick Nick was meeting her, this particular woman, as a, a platonic friend. Yes. I was introduced to her in a different way. Yes, 100%. 
Is there a difference between thinking about whether you would bang her versus uh, evaluating her bang ability? Like, you have to have two eyes. You have to acknowledge, hey, she's, yeah, no, your buddy's a good-looking woman. Doesn't mean I want to bang her, but uh, it occurs to me that she's good-looking. I have two eyes. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah, because Jen had some friends that were really hot, and I would say, yes, they, I would if you asked me, is this person bangable? I would say, yes. But then she had some other friends that I met, and they were great people, and, and I came to love them. But yeah. I, could, I could never even think about that particular person in a sexual way that mm. that woman you know yeah. Yeah. never i'm glad we made this distinction and there we go we're I very progressive better. We're, i mean <laughs> uh men against toxic behavior what i mean by that is men can call out toxic behavior and set healthy boundaries during conversations Maybe that didn't happen in the age of our parents, boomers, but uh, no. does that mean they didn't teach us that they, you can create a positive and respectful relationship environment by standing up for yourself uh, and calling out toxic behavior and other guys around you? No, that was definitely not taught. Nowadays, society, I think, is teaching that to men, but, but the yeah. boomer generation was not teaching that, no. Yeah, I, I would I would think that my dad would never sit someone down and be like, you're very toxic. <laughs> you know, like your behavior right. is very toxic. We should discuss this. It was assumed or implied that men will be men, boys will be boys. Right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. All right. The next one on our list is, I mean, it's a little strange. Are you ready for the title? If not, here it comes anyway. Power of touch in male friendships. Tell me what you think about this one. Men need to understand that platonic and non-familial affection, like hugging, even holding hands or placing a comforting hand around a friend's shoulder is not inherently romantic or sexual. Physical touch can strengthen bonds and improve mental health. Men should embrace the idea of showing affection to friends to enhance their relationships. Up to an extent. I'm fine hugging you guys, but Nick had confessed on a show a few episodes back that you have a male friend that kisses you on the lips to say yeah, goodbye. That's right. That, that's, that's, the more I think about it, that's, that's weird. I don't think it's <laughs> sexual, by the way, but it's weird. Well, it makes you uncomfortable. Yes. If one of yeah. you kissed me on the lips, that would make me very <laughs> uncomfortable. And that's not homophobia. That's just, I don't even know what it is. That's just out of the norm in a way that. That's not like me not being progressive that I don't want you to kiss me. It's just that's not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you think that he's just trying to F with you a little bit just to screw around with you. Yes, like, the hug is it. fine. Men can hug each other. That's cool. But don't kiss me on the lips. That's weird. Well, well, if know, I uh, if we were sitting and having some sort of heartfelt conversation and I put my hand on your shoulder, would it creep you out? Uh, if we were talking about like death or something and I'm crying or something like that, yeah, that'd be okay. That wouldn't creep me out. But if we're just chatting about something and you put your arm on me, it's a heartfelt topic. I, like, no, why is your hand on me? That's, <laughs> that's, that's not necessary. Bruce There's a difference well, between not well, necessary and homophobia. Okay. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it depends on, on the conversation. Yeah. It depends on the person doing it. If it's a stranger, that's that's weird and yeah. it's unwanted. If it's someone I trust, like you or Steve or something yeah. like that, then 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 I, I then I'm not going to be weirded out by it. Again, it's it's the individual that that's doing the the touching yeah. and also what what the circumstances are. 
Well, so is there a man in your life that you would be okay with him kissing you on the lips, like like Dan does to Nick? When I was a kid, maybe my grandfather, <laughs> I suppose. Right. I, you know, what? Not now, though. Not now. If well, I, if I came to Boston I, and I left and I gave you a, a quick little <laughs> smooch, would you do? Would, would you punch me? Well, no, I will tell you this. I want Brad Pitt to grab me and give me like a big kiss on the lips. And I, I want know. it to be I want it to be non-consensual, but I want to find consent in the kiss. And I yeah, will, and I, you and want I will, him wow. to turn you gay for a day. No, not even that. I just I just want that 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 feeling right there. But only him. Only he this, can get away with it. Okay. That was exactly on The Office, where Andy's talking to Oscar. You know, Oscar's the gay guy. And yeah. Andy's like, I'm not gay, but if Brad Pitt kissed me, I don't think I'd resist. Yeah, and Oscar I'm was like, saying, I don't think you so. might be you gay. Might be gay. <laughs> <laughs> so Russell Peters, who's this fantastic comedian from Canada, he's Indian. Yeah. The first time he went to India, he's walking down the street in Delhi, and he's seeing guys holding hands walking down the street. And he was told that that's not unusual. And to him, that was a really weird thing to see. Yeah. Another story, Nick, Mick Foley, professional wrestler, when he went to Africa, he said he saw men holding hands. And obviously, the places like that, homosexuality is not allowed or anything like that. But it's not unusual for men to hold hands Sure. And there, you know, but it's that's not, a societal thing for those exactly. societies. You, uh, yeah. the three of us, don't live in those societies. So. No, we do not. No, we do right. not. No, no, so. no. That was yeah, out of all of the things that it mentioned, you know, from hugging uh, to putting a, a hand on your shoulder, that doesn't seem odd to me at all. But the men holding hands, like, I, I don't think that I could find any comfort in that. Like if you wanted to grab my hand and especially if we were walking down the street, it would just seem <laughs> odd to me. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. where are you at with Dan kissing you? Have you started to realize like maybe that is slightly <laughs> odd? Or? Well, uh, I stick to with what I said on the last podcast, dude, is that, you know what? It's if it makes him if he's trying to tell me that he cares about me and it means something to him, it doesn't bother me enough that I would ever say anything. Wow. You're a good and victim. You know what? I, I know you think that. And, and let me be clear that if you kissed me, it would be, I would feel weird about it. I'm obviously closer friends with you than I am with Dan, yeah. but we don't have that relationship. I would have never gone in for a kiss with Dan myself, <laughs> but the fact but that he invited he you up for drinks, so I get it. <laughs> the fact that he did it was like, oh, this is culturally just how he's saying goodbye. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah. Once again, I mean, we are three phenomenal specimens of men. I mean, we, we really are. Break borders. You know, that should be the name of the podcast. Three phenomenal <laughs> specimen of men telling you people how to live your lives. So. We should put that in parentheses after the <laughs> yes. vocal minority. Right. Like book chat titles do, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I get you. So. All right, gents. Well, thanks for hanging today. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski on the World Wide Web. TheVocalMinority.net. Find us on the socials and say goodbye, Brewski. Goodbye, Brewski. And we say bye-bye. Test one, two. Test one, two. Stop. I